your phone's on vibrate. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I always forget. But uh, we're here, The Throne, episode 74. I'm joined by Dream Shore. What's going on, brother? Hello. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, no problem, man. I appreciate you coming all the way out here from uh, Miami, right? That's right. That's what's up, bro. Uh, just real quick before we get started, just want to do a quick plug. Uh, like I said last week, or the week before, I missed last week. I'm sorry, people, but uh, I've been sick. And uh, we're now sponsored by XL Drumsticks. Uh, I have a signature stick with them. You know, if you, if you want to go ahead and cop that, come see us at a show. It's, it's my stick. It has my signature on it, our band logo on it. It's dope. So shout out to XL Drumsticks. And go uh, check out YouNoyaTheBand.com. You can find both our EPs there. And uh, any merch and anything that we got going on, shows we got going on, you can find over there as well. So make sure you check that out. But back into a dream shore. Uh, again, man, thank you so much for coming out. Now, you're a producer, um, I mean, composer, music writer. Like, how would you describe yourself? When it comes to the music, I guess you could say yeah. I'm like the jack of all trades. Okay, that's what's <laughs> up. So, I mean, at this point, um, what what genre would you call? I want to say like lo-fi, like chill type stuff, or like 80s, like maybe like new wave. Well, to make it easier, it would be more uh, synth pop related, 80s retro wave inspired synth wave stuff, such. Yeah, definitely get that 80s vibe from it. And I, I was peeping your um, your Instagram today. You have classic Mondays. Do you do that every thing every Monday? Or Actually, do you just, I just start? started doing that now, especially because uh, you know I figured I'd, I'd start sharing uh, music that related to the '80s, you know, bands of such. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that where you draw most of your heavy inspiration from now? Yeah, definitely. definitely. That's what's up. So, who are some of your favorites? Some of my favorites. I mean, I don't know if you've heard of uh, any like any any uh, bands from like London or Germany of such, like uh, no, like you know, the Human League or like uh, Alphaville. Or even, or let, let me, let me, let me have a pinpoint an easier one. What about Daft Punk? Yeah, oh, I love Kevin's Daft Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can get, we can talk about Daft Punk. I mean, they're from but France, he's from, right? Yeah, but he's they're more in the early '90s. But they they have right. that, they have that uh, uh, that that sounds that signature sound that kind of grew into what we have today. Yeah, well, just to give you an idea, I was born in '96, so I'm 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 young. But uh, this is the thing: is like I'm not into. Not that I'm not into. I don't know too many of like the '80s synth wave. Like I know Aha, you know what I'm saying, right, and shit right. like that. And uh, uh, I guess uh, does uh, who 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 did that song? Come on, Eileen. Who did that fucking song? Come uh, on, Eileen. Yeah, right. That's a dope ass fucking track. I forgot who did that fucking band, song though. That band, but I think I know. Uh you know what song I'm talking about, about right? Yeah. Ah, oh, man. I, I, you know, I could Google it, but regardless, like, <laughs> I, I know that band. Uh, there's a couple bands like that, but, like, I'm more into, like, I guess, uh, I think it's called New Wave out now. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, have you heard of The Voids? Yes. Okay, so, like, shit like that, where, like, it's heavily inspired by the 80s synth wave pop type shit, but, like, I don't listen to it just because I don't know it. I mm -hmm. wasn't around then. So, right. most of the bands you're going to name, I probably don't know. But um, you do fuck with the void, so like you you were naming some of your other inspirations. So you were going into was it, did you say Happy Leaf? Ha Happy Leaf? Yeah, is that what you said? No, is no, I was just gonna say uh, Kavinsky or like you know okay. other other artists that like uh, Justice. Okay. Oh, I know, about, uh, dude. I have a yeah. funny story about Justice. Uh, well, well, they're like house music, though, aren't they? They're quite similar to house. Yeah, they're they're, they're more onto that into that realm, but they still have those that that sound that brought into uh, to the to the majority of the music community of of what we call synth wave of such. How long has Justice been around? Justice has been around for years. I for mean, real? I mean, I would say. Uh, like since early, Daft Punk, like early nineties ish. No, probably a little bit later than that. But it's early within, 2000s? It's within, I would say early 2000s. It's, it's been a while, that's for sure. Okay, because yeah. the first time I heard about Justice, uh, I had taken, I had eaten some mushrooms, 
And uh, <laughs> I, the, the thing is, they didn't work or something. I don't know, because I ended up falling asleep. But I just let YouTube, like, autoplay, run on my TV, whatever. Um, before I fell asleep, I have some black lights in my room with some posters and blah, blah. So mm-hmm. I turned those on and shit. I was like, oh, man, it's going to be super trippy. And then um, I fell asleep and I wake up. First thing I see is just black lights and shit. I hear this fucking music just thumping. Doof, doof, doof. And I look at my TV. There's a giant upside-down cross. I don't know if that's their logo or something, but it said justice across the screen. I was like, what's going on, Was it dude? upside down? Yeah. I, what, is it not upside down? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it was. I don't think they, their cross is upside down. Maybe I'm tripping, dude. I, maybe you were tripping. Well, you, well, have, you did you have mushrooms. What? That's true. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but now I kind of want to look it up. Um, but yeah, so that that was the first time I actually heard about anything about justice. Just uh, like coming across that song. So are they an yeah. artist that, that you like? Uh, used to like influence your music now currently yeah yeah well no I mean there's a lot of other bands I mean but they're just just one of the other bands that I've, I've enjoyed listening to through, throughout the time gotcha okay so uh, as far as like uh, what you would define it you said kind of like a, a synth wave type thing so the classic Monday song that you shared today who was that? Uh, five uh, fine young cannibals. Five young cannibals. No, fine, fine young. Fine young cannibals. Are they from the eighties or are they from? They're from the eighties, uh, based off of London, actually, in Birmingham. That's when they they started, and that song uh, that goes by the name of "She Drives Me Crazy." That was like probably their biggest hit during that time frame in in eighty nine. I think it was. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, yeah. That uh, you go back that far. I mean, and you just came back from the UK. Yeah, I came back a couple couple weeks ago. What were you doing over there? Well, a lot of it was uh, heavy networking, and I had some friends that were uh, were uh, letting me crash for a couple. I was actually there for two weeks, and they let me crash there. And uh, I was there for the day of the the, the day the day that I arrived. Mm-hmm. I didn't really get much sleep. I was up till from seven in the morning till two three at night. Because um, that day that I arrived from the airport, I went straight to this festival uh, that goes by the name of Retro Future Fest, which is. Um, a big uh, influence into this whole music community that we call synth wave, synth okay. pop and such. And there's a lot of people that I was just, I, I met for the very first time that I've been talking to on the internet for ages. And the whole idea was just really to, it's just to heavy, heavily network with uh, people that are based off of that country. Yeah. And throughout that time frame that I was there, it was great, it was fun, you know, experiencing different things that I've never done here. Um, going to like the, this uh, London Comic Con and... Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. We met, uh, you know, the guy from Cobra Kai, uh, the, Johnny the, Lawrence, like the fucking the teacher, the, old, the blonde, yeah, 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 the holy guy. shit, he was there, he was there, uh, the three kids as well, Miguel or I didn't watch the, the show, but I know but from the classic Karate Kid, co- yeah, a couple other characters were there. So, uh, same thing goes for some like you know actors like from Star Trek, yeah, and, yeah. and Star Wars. That's fucking cool. I mean, it was it was crazy. The next day, and I, I kid you not, it was like every day we were doing something. It was nonstop, but but uh, yeah, man, it was fun. It was fun. Well, that's all you can hope for in a vacation, man. Because, like, if it's, like, by day five and you're like, eh, I want to go home already, like, uh, it becomes fucking torture after that. Like, uh, I went to New York um, uh, earlier, I want to say, yeah, for my birthday. So, Mm -hmm. from, like, May 29th to June 3rd, I was there. And, like, man, I had this whole plan fucking, um, I got into it on, on the episode that I did when I got back from New York. But I went to go see The Strokes. This was my whole, I had a whole mm-hmm. fucking big plan. Uh, the Strokes were playing on my birthday at Governor's Ball. 
And I was like, fuck that. I'm going to buy VIP, fucking ball out. You went all in. Yeah, because the Strokes are one of my favorite bands. And I was like, fuck it, it's my birthday. Like, I'm not going to be in general admission at a big-ass outdoor festival. Like, yeah. nah, fuck that, right? So, and then uh, the day, uh, like a couple days before, the 29th, the day that I'm landing, uh, not the 29th, the 30th, Anderson Pack, Earl Sweatshirt, and Thundercat are all playing at Madison Square Garden, right? So I'm like, fuck, Earl Sweatshirt's my favorite rapper. Anderson Pack is like a dope ass drummer that I've been fucking listening to recently who mm. he sings and raps if you're familiar with him. And uh, Thundercat plays the bass, right? He's played with Suicidal Tendencies, he's played with Childish Gambino, like uh, Mac Miller, a lot of like artists that he's done studio work for, you know, like yeah. kind of one of those behind the scenes guys that's just starting to put out his own music. Uh huh. And so I'm like, fuck, this is going to be great, right? So my flight gets delayed four hours. I missed the Anderson Pack show. And then uh, the day of Governor's Ball, they postpone it to like 6.30, and then we get there. And then 30 minutes before the strokes go on, they evacuate the festival for like storm reasons and oh, shit. Oh, wow. So I miss Anderson Pack and I miss the strokes. <laughs> uh, talk about, you know, having to, invest, you know, go all in yeah. for a show like that. Yeah. And then they just, it just backfires yeah no completely um what what was cool though was i went to the after party for the anderson pack show because um i got there late as fuck we went me and my cousin went to go eat food i was crashing with him and um it's like midnight you know after the show i'm like just looking through his instagram see if i can find like show footage or whatever and i see that he's doing an after party so i go to the after party and I ended up meeting him and thundercat there uh, which it's a funny turn of events because I feel like if I had gone to the concert, I wouldn't have wanted to go to the after party. I would have been tired. I just got off the plane and yeah, shit. Yeah. So it's like I missed the show, but I ended up meeting them later that night. So it's like it's funny how shit works out. The Strokes was a complete disaster. I didn't get to meet them or anything. Yeah. And I had to walk off Randall's Island. You ever been to New York? Yeah. Oh, uh, there's yeah, a park Brooklyn, off Manhattan. Yeah, there's a park right off Manhattan on 103rd called Randall's Island. You you know you can drive there. You can cross the footbridge. So. They were right about the storm. <laughs> so the storm came. It's fucking pouring rain, and they got buses to evacuate. It was it was like escaping the apocalypse, bro. Let me tell you, it was raining, flooding. Mm. I, I ruined a pair of vans. I had to leave a pair of vans in New York, and I bought a new pair of vans when I got back here because of the, the, the I got soaked that night. It was crazy. Luckily, like the, the security guy was cool with me. He fucking, he came up. He's like, yo, man, during Nas's set, you know, Nas, the rapper, mm -hmm. he, uh, I got to see Nas. That was cool. And they refunded me. So I got a Nas show for free. You feel okay, me? From okay. VIP. Yeah. And I saw, uh, uh, fuck, I can't even remember her name. Lily Allen. I saw Lily, Lily Allen. Allen too. You know, she took her tits out. That was fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, um, the security guy was cool with me. I don't know. We were talking shit like during the show and he handed me a poncho when the rain started. And that came in super handy when it's like really started. We had to evacuate the festival. People started rioting and shit, destroying stuff, flipping tables. Were merch. They upset? Yeah, they were super mad, bro. Because the Strokes weren't the only uh, band that got canceled. Flatbush Zombies got canceled. SZA didn't get to do her set. So it's like, uh, I mean, the Strokes were the headliners, so that's right. who disappointed the most people. But there were other people at other stages who were also pissed. Like people were paying. Uh, they said uh, they got to they went to one of the other stages because I, I was at the main stage. I was camping out for the strokes, basically. Mm. And uh, one of the other guys was like, it's the most expensive Denzel Curry show I've ever seen because <laughs> they paid like festival prices to get one show. Wow. It was crazy. A lot of people, got, everyone got refunded for Sunday. So it, it, it wasn't bad. And then the strokes announced a, a show at Barclay Center in Brooklyn. Mm. Uh, with Mac DeMarco. I don't know if you fuck with him. I've heard of him. Yeah. Him, yeah. Uh, and I, I fuck with him heavy. I got two posters of him up there. And then, uh, so it's going to be the Strokes of Mac DeMarco on New Year's Eve in Brooklyn. 
I already booked my plane ticket. You're I already, already booked my go. concert yeah. ticket. I'm going because fuck that. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're ready to go. It's indoors and shit. Have you ever had like a disaster? You want to? You really? You're going to a concert or something? And, like they 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 bail or you didn't get to go or something like that? Luckily, it hasn't happened. At least not yet, dude. <laughs> it's the worst fucking feel, especially when it's someone you have like waited to see. Who who have you seen live that like has been on your bucket list? You know, I I don't really go to a bunch of. Uh, festivals or anything like that i mean mm-hmm. the only festival i've actually gone to was riptide which was last year and i wanted to go see panic at the disco okay uh, you know i've been a fan of that guy uh, him the singer for over like yeah for like 12 years i and mean they came out with that first single you know mm-hmm. blew up i forgot the fucking name of it is i, I write since not tragedies well, right you're talking about the one from like oh six yeah yeah, yeah, yeah were they yeah. out before that dropping yeah, shit yeah they were still around see that's the thing is like that was the first song i had heard by them that's so you were a fan before that even came out yeah yeah before they he went commercial before oh. he became <laughs> the next adam levine of such let's uh-huh, say. Uh-huh. <laughs> but no yeah yeah and you waited that long to see them? You never got to see them in the heyday? You know, I guess uh, after a while, I, I just had um, my freedom wasn't the same that I have now. Uh, my, my time wasn't, isn't the same that I have now. My right. availability is such. Of such. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel the same way, man, because I've been a, um, you know, into metal and stuff like that for mm-hmm. a long time, you know, middle school and, and shit. But when you're a kid, you don't really have the money. I didn't have like a big brother or anything to be like, hey, let's go to this show or nothing. So I can't take my, my mom, let's go see Slipknot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So it's different, man. Uh, but as far as like the scene for for your type of music, do you play live shows? Yeah, okay. I do. But I haven't. It's it's been months since my last uh, show. But really, right now, I've been I've been focusing more on production and marketing and and uh, doing a couple of collaborations with a few other artists. But also, I'm also going to get back onto the uh, YouTube game. Um, but that's that's another uh, conversation for another time. Well, what is well, we got all the time in the world? But what is like uh, to you? What do you think the most important thing is to to grow yourself in in what we do? I mean, we both make music. Granted, it's different genres, but we both make music. So, you feel like uh, it's more important to have a great live show, to have a great uh, social media presence, or to just put out a phenomenal product, regardless of your social media presence or how great or not great your your live show might be? I would say all the above, really. Because so you need the whole kit and it's, caboodle. It's usually the best way to go. I mean, but in most cases... and with I mean, no one tries just, to put out a bad show, but like no, some people focus no. on other aspects. Like Some people are crazy on social media and then their live show is lacking or their musical content <laughs> is lacking, you know what I mean? Right, right. I would say the strongest, uh, the strongest link would be people playing really shows but at the same time since the internet has progressed over the years it seems to me it's going that direction i mean especially with with streaming platforms today like spotify and itunes of such and such yeah, yeah it's just um it's really uh if you have a great product and you're consistent with your marketing i think you can go beyond what other people wouldn't be able to do if they didn't have uh, as good of a product as yourself I feel so, you. so really i would say all three i mean but that's where that's where it all comes down to having a team and most people do things independently, so it makes it a lot harder because you technically have to be like the entrepreneur of your of your industry, which is doing all the above, all the things that you are required to do. Just like with act, I'm, I'm sure it's the same thing with actors and other um, music- musicians and people who are in the creative entertainment industry. Because yeah, it, it really is. It really requires a lot of effort on your end. 
So, yeah. No, I feel you, bro. Uh, I mean, because I started this podcast, and I started it with my cousin Malik, uh, who does lights and, and is multimedia and stuff for, for my band, you know, yeah. Mm. And so um, when we started, it was kind of just like a... a, a like a hobby almost, you know, yeah. like a, like a passion project is a better p- way to put it. And so, like, by the time we got to, like, episode 30, 31, 32, and it's like, you know, you see minimal growth and shit, and you, you kind of feel like you, you like there was more growth in the beginning or whatever. You know, you, you hit, like, a fucking, a, where you plateau, and you kind of fucking stagnate for a little bit. I mean, because now, I mean, like I said, this is episode 74, so we're, like, Still in the baby phases, and even now, but I'm, even then it was, I mean, even worse. I mean, we weren't in the studio. We weren't in anything like that. So uh, he got kind of jaded with it, and I can understand that. I mean, you know, we're doing it out of his apartment. It was like once a week, got to invite people over and shit, and, and you kind of got to play host. But now that I started doing it by myself, um, you know, you kind of see the challenges of doing everything, to making sure the post is up, making sure it's edited, making sure that uh you know your quality is on point you know, when, when all i had to do before was sit here and talk shit yeah you know so uh did you start off with a band did you start off with a team like where did you start off in your music career no one uh, nowadays being a producer is much more widely like yeah i produce shit people know what you do but 10 years ago you say hey, i'm a producer people are like okay but what do you do right so like uh did you start off wanting to do like some kanye shit behind the scenes in the studio or did you start off with like an instrument when I was 11, I started playing bass, okay. and then during that time frame, I began to progress in playing other instruments, which came from which went from guitar to keyboards, and then learning how to sing and 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 basically learn how to record music in a laptop. I mean, I I started off using Audacity and a Rock Band mic. That's how. That's oh man, how that's how we all start. That's how curious I was with how I can produce music. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, I started to um, you know make money after i was 17 and then investing on software like fruity loops and oh yeah yeah, other other uh things like an audio interface and such to make music and i've been through bands but in my honest opinion i wasn't really the kind of guy that wanted to just be the follower i was just more the kind of guy that liked to do my own thing and that's how i was ever since it was just like i had a difficult time of what i wanted to create until i i um uh, step foot into this channel, this YouTube channel called New Retrowave, and uh, hearing this word synthwave, and you know Kavinsky, and a, a couple other films that kind of gave me the uh, inspiration to cry, uh, to create something of my own, which formed my project Dream Shore. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> I mean, and you look at some of the songs. I mean, they have like thousands and thousands of streams. Like, what is it about? I mean, how do you monetize that? Like, I, I feel like. Um, you know, there's bands that I see on Facebook that have 30,000 likes or whatever, and then they can barely fill up a, a hundred people in a bar. So it's like those numbers, like how do you take them and how do you monetize them? Like how do you make them your fans? You feel me? Like you talk about marketing and stuff. What are some of the strategies that you use to like take the people who just might, might listen to your song in the background and shit and make them into someone who's going to follow you or something like that? Cause Here's the thing, though, because with likes on Facebook, a lot has changed over the past several years. I mean, yeah. especially because now that Facebook is is uh, forcing you to spend money on ads to even have your own fo- people that follow you or like your page to look at the post. So it's it's, it's made it a lot more challenging. But as far as monetizing, um, I guess this is, this is something that a lot of people need to take a look at, look into, and, and go back before they start creating music and understanding what what's the next step. Because the biggest step is, besides having your album or an EP or a single of such, is the marketing. 
the marketing is what allows you to actually make it break and break into the industry. Um, at the same time, being communicative. I mean, we have all the social media platforms. It's just, it's just knowing how to use it. And I mean, really, I, I, I can only speak for myself. And I, because what I would tell you right. might not work for you or somebody else. It right. just worked for me. I got either. I was just lucky enough to find the right people to help me out. Um, and also channels, YouTube channels and such. D- uh, your digital distributors, um, BMI, ASCAP. You know, you know those, right? Yeah, right, right. Okay, right. yeah. So that all that plays a huge part on you to have that all set up before you start put, uh, putting out music. Yeah, well, see, that's one thing people don't think about. Uh, people just figure, hey, I'll put my shit out on SoundCloud and then I'll sign a deal or some shit. You know it probably, I mean? It's probably the case with rappers or maybe in a very, very few electronic artists who are fortunate enough to even make it just by pure luck. Putting shit out like yeah. that. Yeah, it's, it's all about being in the right place at the right time. You've heard of that saying. Yeah, I feel like uh, luck definitely has something to do with it but it's i feel like luck is like just an opportunity and it's like it depends you could be lucky as fuck and then not do anything with those opportunities that you've been handed yeah you know so uh i feel like uh, there's some people who have made it uh and who are popular musicians artists whatever the fuck you want to call influencers whatever who i feel like it's more on the luck side you know uh, as far as opposed to talent but it's like at the end of the day, looking at that person and just like talking shit or being envious is not going to do anything. It's not going to get you anywhere. So that's kind of why I wanted to like figure out where you, where you um, like where your thought process was with the marketing of it. Have you had any of your songs like picked up for like a show or, or like a movie or anything like that? Actually, um, a couple of years ago, I got in contact by a director for 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 a couple of films. One was. Uh, that goes by the name of Ultrascape, featuring, starring Michael Ironside and um, uh, Charles Baker from Breaking Bad. I know the name Michael Ironside. <coughs> yeah, Total I know Recall. He's basically on a bunch of other yeah. flicks. So this was like a serious like flick, like a movie? Yeah, it was a major film. Yeah, it was in, it was in the... Uh, um, it, it first played at this festival in New York called the Philip, Philip K. Dick Fel, uh, Festival. Film and your festival. song was in it? I had two songs that were um, that I, I I gave to them mm-hmm. as a, what do you call it like you know licensed yeah, right and then one song that I compo- that I fully composed for them as well whoa so, so that was probably I wouldn't say it was like my it was I guess my first shot at being an IMDb so that because yeah. I always wanted to get involved into film and this was my chance to do so so and then, uh, I I don't mean to go, go, go ahead oh go ahead. I wanted to ask. Um, when you went to compose, I mean, was it like a movie based in the eighties? It's very sci-fi. Ah, yeah. okay, yeah. okay, it's okay. Sci-fi, yeah. So when you go to compose something, um, but try, don't try, don't try and remember what you were gonna say. But I want to ask this as well. Uh, like when you go into compose, or when they ask you to to do something like that, do they give you a scene to work with? They, pro- or like- they give me a script. Okay. They give me a script and instructions of where they want to add the song, like what part of the song will be added towards right and just do the editing from there so you did it with the script and that's how you just i mean but that you have a general idea of the movie yeah but but that particular film was actually just i had the songs ready to go and i gave it to them because they already had somebody that was going to do all that work uh the whole editing and placing it onto the uh the audio in front of the you know the film the video itself yeah so yeah that was already being done I was going to say that there was also a short film right after that, which the guy wanted me to do all the music, 
It's a short film. He wanted you to score the whole thing? Yeah, it's a short film. That's awesome. And um, from there, I had to do all the editing myself. Wow. Yeah. And so how long was the short film? What's the short film? Like half an hour? It's like 20 minutes. Okay. Yeah, but you can find it on Amazon. Word? Uh, it's called Lawrence Fractal. And who's the director on that? The director would be my the same guy that that contacted uh, that contacted me on this. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, he, he's, uh, he goes by the name of Serge Levin. Shout out to Serge Levin. Come on you, the show. You can look him up on... <laughs> He's actually on 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 one of the episodes. I think it was the fourth episode of Stranger Things, where he's like that mechanic. He's the he's the mechanic oh, helping shit. out that doctor or uh, that scientist. Yeah, yeah, the, with the curly hair. Yeah, and then you know the um what what's their name the t- the, the cop and that that lady. Yeah, they go inside the, lab- the the laboratory. Yeah, and they see them both. Yeah, that's my friend. No shit. Yeah, yeah. For real? Yeah, that's him. Dude, that's wild. Dude, uh, is he based out of Florida? Or? He's uh, his family is. It's just he gotcha, moved, okay. he uh, moves back and forth from Brazil and California. Okay, well, yeah, Cali, you know that's where movies get made. Mm-hmm. That's fucking cool as shit, dude. So was that lucrative? It was, it was uh, motivating. No, well, okay, but did you get the bag? Did you secure the bag? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Yo, you gotta ask that man, because I've never. Um, Shit, like I never thought about what it would be like to to be asked to to have your music in a movie. Was it like a big like legal process? You had to sign a bunch of shit, or no, you just sign an agreement. Yeah, because if it's being played through um, through commercials or or wherever, it's it's like basically collect royalties off of that. So right, so if like someone buys a DVD of that movie, you get royalties off yeah. that shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's so cool, dude! So you just got checks coming for the rest of your life, depending on how good well, this movie is. Well, the more. <laughs> The more I keep work, the more I keep, before, uh, the more films I keep doing, the better the paycheck. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, shit, of course, dude. You're gonna be the next. Uh, what the, who's the guy that came up with that big ass horn? Uh, from what movie? Bro, it started with uh, with the Inception. I think it's you know what I'm talking it's about. Cinematic. I, uh, I, uh, uh, I want to say Zimmerman, but that I sounds super Zimmerman. wrong. I think it was Zimmerman. But like, isn't that that? You know the dude from the case, George. Or possibly, are there just multiple possibly. Zimmermans? There's you know what I mean. Zimmermans, yeah. You know, but I, I think I, I believe I, I know who you're talking about. That Quite is honestly, a, I don't do a whole lot of research of composers. That's just I just got I was just chosen, and that's how I managed to get involved. That's fucking cool as shit. Uh, I do like John Williams though. You know John, John Williams. Williams yeah. I mean, that's come on now. If if you don't know John Williams, you just don't know. You don't that you know John Williams. You know, that's one of those things. I remember. Uh, I, w- I took band and like my 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 band teacher was like, "Does anyone know who John Williams?" Everyone was like, "Nah, who the fuck is that?" And then he's like, he played all the songs that he scored, all the Star Wars shit, Indiana Jones, Jaws. It's like, oh okay, yeah, I do know who this is. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those things, man. But uh, when it comes to whole other topic, like when it comes to making music, like when you realized that uh, the band stuff just wasn't wasn't for you, uh, how long did it take you to land on your sound? Like, what did you first try? I, um, well, this project started back in 20, I want to say 2014, but it didn't, it didn't really have a name until like a year after. As far as the sounds are concerned, I mean, I just experimented a lot with uh, just plugins that I had available to the softwares. And from there, I started developing my own sound. But did you know you wanted to go with like an 80s yeah. synthwave type Yeah, type definitely. Thing? I figured it was a, a lot more fle- uh, flexible to my to my likings because... I try different different genres like DMB and 
dubstep. Oh, drum and, and bass and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, f- a few other things like EDM and such. I just didn't like it. I wasn't really happy with the production, and it was crap during that time. <laughs> so I, I, I started just trying this and then I realized oh I, I think I led into something pretty good and it was it was I was getting better going that route which now I'm, I'm really getting into uh, into doing other mixing up the sounds trying to I'm really trying to see if I can get myself more into the hip hop game as the well trap, but like trap you know, production slight, like, slight trap but but also um, that's where the money's at well hip hop technically does uh, rule the world right now <laughs> it really fucking does man yeah, especially yeah. production wise bro yeah. so many producers making money man there's a lot of rappers too a lot of rappers well you know you could also say there's an oversaturation of the market though right right it's just I would say as I've said before I think it's all time and if you have something that is that does stand out then present it to somebody or present it in a way that makes an impact to the uh to the internet world you know what dude i've talked about this fucking beat that i have uh i have a, a friend who's a producer who I, uh he was on the show shout out to nobody that's my dog right there check out his shit um i had this like uh for a while i was picking up guitar and stuff like that and i was listening to post malone and shit and he had uh this song called feeling whitney with this picking pattern mm-hmm. uh like a finger picking pattern <coughs> and so um you know, I did some, I put a capo on that shit and did like the same pattern, different chords and stuff like that. Uh, and I came up with this little like four, 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 like little guitar loop thing. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to my producer friend. I was like, bro, give me like some, just loop it and make it into a beat, like throw some drums on it, whatever. And he sent me some shit back and it, it, it bumps. And I just don't know what to do with it. Cause as a rapper, I cannot take myself seriously. Like I've talked about this many times, like to try and sit down and write serious raps, like. I just can't yeah. take myself seriously. I feel like I'm a cheese, like I'm cheesy as fuck. You know what I mean? So right. I've just been sitting on this beat, man. But maybe you know, you show I show it to you, and like you have this fucking brain blast, Jimmy Neutron style, and take it to the next <laughs> level or some shit. You know? Well, we'll see. We'll I, see. I think I think it'd be pretty cool, man. You said you were doing a lot of collabs up in Europe or out in yeah, Europe, London, and yeah. So, uh, what is a, a collab to you? Like, you just have people sing all over your tracks, or you guys collab on a beat? Like, how do you do that? Well, I have a friend of mine who, who gave me a place to stay that also records music, and he has his own studio set up. He literally has, like, an entire legit, it looks like a legitimate recording studio. And, I mean, I don't know if you've seen my pictures or not, but, you know, I... I, I, I dabbled. Yeah, him and I we were we were talking about some future collaborations and and uh, we he has a singer that he <clears throat> excuse me suggested to me mm-hmm. and it pretty much turned out really well while 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 being there and uh, and the uh, just the whole the whole um, production of ro- around it uh-huh. I would say it was by f- it was top notch to a lot of other people that I've dealt with in the past as far as like. Uh professionalism and yeah, whatnot yeah, and sound yeah. quality well the english know what they're doing <laughs> <laughs> well dude that's the, thing. the edm scene and, and i don't know too much about the simple but i know the edm scene is crazy over there like they love that shit yeah it's crazy it's just as crazy as it is over here like, you know, I don't you know, know like, man. You know, I feel we, like we they have the love festival. that shit. We, ultra, yeah, ultra. Is ultra really like the premier? Isn't I, it? Isn't it EDC or whatever? I thought it was always EDM. No, 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 EDC, Electric Dance Carnival, whatever the fuck. They do it, like, in Vegas. I know they just did one oh, in yeah, Orlando. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, but, I mean, I know Ultra's huge. Like, mm. don't get me wrong. But, like, 
I just feel like in Europe, like I always thought EDM stood for like Euro dance music or some shit, but it's electronic, right? Yeah, electro- electronic dance music. Uh, although Europe is a little bit more, I think in my opinion, more uh, di- uh, like open-minded towards other genres that are not as popular as the mainstream. You right, know, like pop I feel or you. Electronic uh, EDM I mean, house music. Yeah, like I mean Sweden and Germany, they're super into metal and shit too. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as they love their Finland house and shit. As well, yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of European countries, like you said, they're open to other genres, whereas like here is kind of like, like you said, rap's ruling the the world right now. I guess you could say also reggaeton is some, you know, Spanish music and all that stuff is they, is, is kind of a big deal here as well. Well, but, I, I don't know if that's I, just a South Florida thing, though. It could be. You feel me? There's I, so many Spanish people out here. Like, I'm, I'm sure Dominican, they, and I look yeah. white as fuck. I just feel like a lot of these companies, a lot of these places that uh, provide this type of music into these areas, I think it's just, it just, it really is, does come down to the money. And at the same time, if there's somebody who's in that industry that can also support other types of genres, they might be willing to do it. But it really does come down to the money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about like the money to pour into promotion and, and right, marketing right. and shit like the that. The law of attraction, you know, whatever's popular is what you use. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's so many uh, people that buy overpriced shit that they know is overpriced for a brand name, you know, like Apple iPhones and, and shit like that. Guilty, you know. <laughs> I have an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, same here. But uh, so it's like we know it's bullshit. Like I've had an Android. I I know all the shit I can do on my phone, but I'll still go for that iPhone for I some reason. It, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. Once I got on the bandwagon, it's hard to hop off. I will not buy a Mac though. I can't. I mean, as much as you know, people say it's great for producing and stuff. The farthest I'll go is like an iPad. I don't know. I just once you get into the Mac, it's like you don't you don't got no no you like ports and stuff. You need well, if you get the new yeah the newer ones, absolutely. I mean, I, I still have a MacBook Pro that's from 2011. God I, damn. I just changed the specs, you know, from the... I, ch- I replaced the uh, the battery, uh, added more RAM, as mo- you know, which was 16 gigabytes, and then, you know, changed the hard drive into an SSD drive. And that's it, man. You basically have a computer that's just as powerful as, a new, as the new ones today. Yeah, they, I mean, they barely change anything. <laughs> they, they, they'll take a feature from, like, 2015 on Android and pull it on 2020 and be like, yo, we got some new shit. They just made it slimmer, too. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, very lightweight. Yo, that, that that's they love talking about how slim that shit is. They don't like talking about how easy that shit is to fall out of your pocket or some shit. Like, I can't even leave my phone on my lap anymore. Like, if it's not in my case, like, which has rubber all over it, mm. like, you just leave your phone naked on your, on your pants. It's just going to slide right off. It's happened to me multiple times. Uh, actually, I gave my mom my iPhone six when uh, when I got the iPhone eight, and uh, she had it for like two days, and it like fell out of her pocket, broke in half. Like wow. <laughs> the screen fell off and shit. Jeez. I was like, man, like I know it's a slim phone, but come on now, you're gonna <laughs> hold on to it or something. Yeah, I I feel like why why are people obsessed with a uh, with with a uh, uh, like just making shit slimmer? Like they're not making shit better. They they actually make your old phones shittier with all these updates, and then they just make the new phones slimmer and a bigger screen. Well, yeah, I do remember there was a lot of phones that were pretty clunk clunky back then. I mean, the first and iPhone. That, yeah, yeah. It was a big rounded fat motherfucker, dude. But it was the thing, man. It was it was uh, it, it's what people wanted. Yeah, I mean, it was um, it was really like amazing for its time. Like to me, like a phone that could like play YouTube videos and stream shit and. Uh, go go on like full websites, Facebook yeah. and MySpace and shit. Were still the thing. You could pull up MySpace on someone's iPhone. Like, it was it was an amazing product. Even the iPod Touch, yeah, I thought was fucking dope. You know, it was like a watered down version of the iPhone at the time. Uh, but I mean, everything's come a long way. Like, I don't even think they make iPod Touches anymore. No, no, they still have them around, but they're they're not making any new models. Which is kind of crazy. Like, the iPod has been phased out. Like, no one downloads music anymore. It's just like stream it, streaming it. 
how do you feel about that? Do you feel like there's something lost? Like there, <coughs> the music. I feel like music used to be more personal. I'm someone who buys vinyls like yeah. today. You know? I think vinyls and cassettes are, are kind of a thing. It's just um, oh, they made a comeback. But it's made a comeback. It's just I think as far as streaming is concerned, I, I mm-hmm. think it's a good and bad thing. But because right. you know, not no one's buying CDs anymore. Everybody right. just prefers to stream. You know, pay a subscription or just have a free. You know, free uh, s- subscription of any platform that they want to stream. And if it's so, not on there, people aren't going to fucking listen to it. Right. That's the first thing people ask you. It's like, hey, man, listen to my album. Well, is this on Spotify? Is this on Apple Music? Is this on Tidal? It's like, no. All right, well, then fuck you. I mean, our shit is, or, but I'm just saying. Or YouTube. You know, yeah. there's always, you always, always going to be YouTube. I mean, but, but you can't lock your phone and listen to YouTube, bro. Unless you have YouTube Red. Unless you have, yeah, that's but right. Like not, but if, if, if any of those people don't already have Spotify, Apple Music, then you're going to tell me they're going to have YouTube Red. They're probably borrowing somebody's Hulu. Unless you're like a hardcore YouTuber. <laughs> you're you not going to have that yeah, shit. Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Really. Yeah. But uh, I'm just talking shit. Go on. No, as no, far as like streaming and shit. I just feel like it's cool. It's cool because, you know, anybody can b- build off of those platforms, meaning they can grow. It's just, um, it's made it easier for independent artists uh, to grow, especially because like Spotify, for example, you know, there's independent, there's just regular people making playlists and they grow drastically depending on the playlist. And uh, I guess you could say I've, I've found, you know, I've, I've found some people who made those playlists and it's like, this is where it comes down to being communicative and just like, I guess I'm not going to say being like a salesman of such, but like being, being convincing. To have uh, that individual to, to have your song into that playlist, and if they dig it, they'll actually add it in there. But that's how I, I guess you could say I, I grew from that platform itself, and probably it's the most currently my besides Bandcamp the most pay from that platform alone compared to all these other platforms. So you um, <clears throat> you find these people who make popular playlists. You track them down. And you're like, hey man, peep my shit. If you fuck yeah. with it, put it on the playlist. I did that. I did that. Uh, I was a lot more uh, consistent with it over a year ago. It's just now things have changed, but I'll still go back if I have to. But it's just right now, it's not. It's not that big, big of a concern. But I, I suggest it to those who are really trying to grow without having to spend a dime. Right. <laughs> so, right. Right. No, you know what, dude? I've never thought about that. No, it's because. I have an iPhone. I'm on Apple Music. I don't have Spotify. I don't. I don't see a need for it. I don't. When I'm on my computer, like you said, there's YouTube. Yeah. There's ad blockers. So to me, it's like to use Spotify on my computer is kind of redundant. So I've never thought about like Spotify is not a platform that I worry about. You know what I mean? Which is sounds kind of crazy as a musician. Mm. You know, but I'm I'm um I don't know. I feel like I'm more concerned in boosting our social media following and shit. I, I feel like people are. Less concerned with the product and more concerned with the person behind the product nowadays. So I feel like people will fuck with you and buy your shit just because they like you, even yeah. if they don't like your music, you know? Right. Like, there's some people that I follow on social media who I, I'll buy their merch or whatever, even if I don't like, um, like, 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 let's say they make music. If I don't like a song they put out, I'll still buy their merch just because, like, I like their personality or I think they make cool shit. So, um, but but the the point that you're making now is making me reconsider that is is where I'm going with this because well, I, I feel like that's a great idea. I mean, social media, uh, Instagram is I, I I use that the most compared to anything else. I mean, mm-hmm. Reddit. You ever heard of Reddit? Yeah, I love Reddit. I think that's also a great way to to grow as well. I mean, there's there's artists. Sometimes who, they're assholes though. Yeah, it depends. I mean, you just gotta <laughs> you gotta know what to you gotta know uh, what to type. What sub for what subreddits to that go to? Yeah, yeah. But no, because really, there's there's artists out there who wouldn't who 
started a couple of years ago and they just blew up because of Reddit. Reddit has this power to just, it's, I mean, they're just forums, but you, There's so with many the right people. description, I guess, with the right description and the format, that, uh, the pla uh, platform that you're sharing, whether it be your YouTube video or, or whatever, it can grow in a matter of days. The internet is a crazy I, thing that way. Yeah, like for example, um, I know an artist based off of the UK. Uh, he created a, a playlist and it went from, he had it for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, so and he's been promoting it. He, he went from 300 followers and then the next day he posted on Reddit, it went all the way up to 20,000 and now it's at 34,000. It's only been a couple of, couple of weeks. So that shows you that a, red, a platform like a website like Reddit really works if you know how to use it. So when you say playlist, like what is it that people follow? Like they just follow they, someone's music taste? Like, hey, I think these songs are cool. I put them in a list. You should check it out and people it's support it? Pretty much. It's really a, it's a playlist. It's, it, Spotify playlists are to share what, pe what you like to the public. Uh -huh. And the idea is that if people are getting bored of what they listen to from an artist, like from a, just one particular artist, they go and diversify by looking for other playlists or other songs or other anything. And sometimes the algorithms are on your side and they just so happen to find your playlist and they'll probably listen to it and if they like it, they'll follow. As in, that will be their playlist for whenever they want to use it in their profile. Mm. So That's interesting. So profile uh, playlists are a big deal, especially because if you have one of your own, it kind of brings out um, a reputation for you. So it can lead to many different paths, which would be maybe a label seeks interest in what you do and also because you have a playlist that you're technically an influencer, an influencer in Spotify because of that. Whoa. So think of it that way. It's another way to basically monetize. That's kind of crazy. And this is something a lot of people don't think about, but once you already have, once you mention it, it kind of like people want to do it, but they don't really know where they're going, the direction. There's a strategy that requires a lot of time and trial and error before you can actually make an impact into, yeah. your, into what you do. Well, that's crazy. I, I had no idea that this was an, uh, even an aspect, but uh, it definitely is something that I want to look into for my band. I mean, to, to be on like some kind of metal playlist with like other dope-ass bands would be sick. I know there's a... There's a playlist we're featured on that's like South Florida metal, you mm -hmm. know. I don't know who put it together, um, but it has like maybe a hundred followers or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But I, like I said, I'm just not too familiar with Spotify. I definitely want to look into it. I want to look into the metal playlist, so maybe we could like um, link up on that, like you know, after the show, whatever, like in DMs and shit, kind of. Because uh, I do have a Spotify account, like I just I just don't use it. Mm -hmm. uh, so you pay for Spotify? You you that's your primary uh, music source? <coughs> I use it, but uh, I don't really pay for it. I got gotcha. you. No, no, I just, I use it as stream. I'll, 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 uh, you don't care about the order? I'll listen to the ads. Oh. <laughs> and then it'll give me another three, uh, 30 minutes of free. I remember the, <laughs> I remember the, the original like Spotify-ish type thing was Pandora. It was like, oh man, I, I'm out of shit to listen to. It's like, yo, you ever heard of Pandora, bro? Yeah. It's like, that was like the, the original shit. I always thought that was a super cool idea. You type in a band and it plays you songs that are kind of like that band. And so I guess that's kind of like, it's evolved almost like the idea yeah. has evolved like now you have people literally saying hey these songs are cool you should check it out instead of just like a generator or whatever you know yeah um i still think uh there's something to physical music 
like having a vinyl, having a CD, having a not a cassette tape. Who the fuck has a cassette tape? I mean, I have a You'd cassette tape, man. but I have it for like for like memorabilia's sake. You know, yeah. like I have a, the the voids. I have tyranny like on on cassette tape. It was from a pop up shop in New York. You know what I mean? Like yeah. fuck it. But as far as like, I don't actually have a cassette player, <laughs> but I do have a vinyl player. I don't know. Um, like. You could listen to your people on on Spotify. Have a playlist and support them. Follow them on Instagram and shit. But like, I just feel like there's something to physical music. Uh, did you ever collect CDs or anything back in the day when they were actually like relevant? Not that many, really. Uh, I actually relied on YouTube to listen to music. Damn, even back then, bro. What did yeah, you do before yeah. YouTube? I mean, you, you're older I mean, than me. Was, How old there are you? was LimeWire. I mean, I'm oh 90, shit, yeah. <laughs> ninety-three. Okay, but, okay, okay, okay. But uh, right, I mean, I didn't really LimeWire. Oh, dedicate a whole lot of time into buying physical CDs of such. And when you didn't find it on LimeWire, you went to FrostWire. And, oh. and then there was YouTube. Yeah, dude, YouTube was started in like oh five. Yeah, or four. I think it was oh four. Well, whatever, in between that time frame. Yeah, I remember the first YouTube video I saw was uh, that video where it's just a car driving and then the zombie face pops up. Yeah, it's just called like a nice car ride or some shit. It's like one of the original <laughs> YouTube videos. Like, really? I don't know if it's from an old commercial or something, but that's the clip. Yeah, yeah I was. Cool. I bet the quality was garbage. Oh, too. it was trash. It was trash. And you still see like uploaded like 15 years ago. Two forty p. Yeah. Oh my god. Two forty. When it was like a, a square inside the square. Oh yep, no. Yep. Yeah. That th- those were the fucking days. I remember uh, Niga Higa was the most subscribed to channel. Fred was the most subscribed to channel yeah. for a bit. That Fred. was like, oh man, Fred. That was like the heyday, though. Like, if you were sponsored, like, uh, on YouTube, you're a partner, whatever, like, you were making money, dog. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they. I think it's because it was smaller and the partnerships were smaller. And then at some point, they got greedy. They let anybody become a partner. And then, like, it's like Gerber ads were on top of, like, satanic <laughs> cult videos or whatever the fuck they were doing. And it's just like, if they had just stayed in their lane, man. So many because they had the, the ad apocalypse going on. I mean, you're a YouTuber, right? I mean, you have content on YouTube. But it's I'm, music, I'm so you don't ever well, have to deal with I don't, shit like I that. Really, the thing is, I rarely post videos on YouTube. I'm only coming back now after um, some discussions with some people that I'm, I'm working on a new plan to basically build content in a different direction with the same elements of what I'm going for. Okay. So do you want to like expand on that, or is that behind the scenes right now? You can't talk Currently about it. Currently, that's behind the scenes. I, I can't really talk much about that right now. Gotcha. But you'll, you'll see over time. Is it going to be like vlogs and shit, or is it just going to be some music stuff that you're uploading? Can you say that much? Well, it's going to be more, think of what MTV used to be. Oh. Okay. That's all I could say. Okay. Uh, all right. No, but that's pretty dope. Like, already. Uh, also, when did Vivo happen? Like, what what the fuck is Vivo, and when did it start? You know, it just One day, it's just, hey, everyone has their shit on Vivo. I don't know about that. I thought I thought it was just something that they, that YouTube provided, but I didn't realize it was a com- it was a separate company. And, yeah. And I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. Uh, maybe it makes sense for those big artists, but it didn't really... It doesn't really make any sense to even go on Vivo, unless you're, like, a really big artist. I've uh, seen... I've are seen, they, uh... Uh, uh, do they like produce music videos? Like, do they give artists money for music videos? No, they don't give artists for money. That's just that's just huh. a it's just a company. It's just another. It's like a platform. So a what place where you to place in? It's like I guess you could say. I mean, don't quote me, but from what I see, it looks like a just like a platform, a place where you can put in your video by a reputable company such as Vivo. That's what it looks like. That's it. Kind of just like to have the name on it. Yeah. So what the to, fuck to do they do? Official, I guess. Man, but like, what do what do they do? Like, I don't know, man. I have no idea. Yeah, it's so trippy to me attention. that there's companies that just like just, just exist. Hey, yeah, we're Vivo. We 
do stuff like i don't know our name is there mm-hmm. like i know who they are and I'm, i have no like no idea what they do they don't even give artists money for music videos do you feel like music videos are even necessary nowadays no. like no the budget for them is so much you know i mean there's bands out there that are literally using montages like from of 80s clips or movies and they just make music videos out of that or even memes nowadays have become something where people go they go hardcore uh, on with with for music videos like that song uh what is it that trap? It's like a trap mixed with cat, like country involved. Uh, Old Town Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen the music video, have you? Uh, they're driving a car. Well, there's right? there's other videos that they that people have created to. Okay, no, I haven't a, gone like that deep. Video. I haven't gone that deep. But but whatever. I mean, what I'm saying is, uh, it's not necessary to have a music video nowadays. It, it's, it takes a lot of time. It takes it a lot of editing. It takes a lot, a lot of. Uh, I mean, it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The thing is. I guess it makes sense for, like you said, the bigger artists to do shit like that because they're going to get millions upon millions of views after a couple of days on some shit. So they're going to see that money come back. But uh, as far as like for smaller artists, I mean, but what else is there to do? Like, I mean, I know you don't make metal or anything like that, but like we're kind of in this in this uh, limbo right now where like bands are they don't know if whether they should make a full length album with you know a single or two off of the album or if they should just can the album idea and like do single 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 with music video and promotion promotion and shit and maybe do like a compilation at the end and call it an album or some shit but like a lot of the bands that i talk to now feel like releasing a bulk amount of material uh, all at once with maybe one or two music videos and 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 really one big spurt of promotion you know what i mean like you you release something once you know you know you're not still doing promotion for an album you released in a year ago a year later yeah. uh, unless you're doing like a tour for it or um you know merchandise or some shit like that yeah but like so you you get to promote it once versus like singles is like it's a new wave of promotion every new single you drop i kind of feel like it's still worth making an album it's still worth putting out a big body uh, of work as long as you market it correctly I mean, and like, where do you fall on that? You feel like it's more productive to just make singles and singles and promote the shit out of them with a music video and stuff like that on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram? Or do you feel like it's worth putting time into maybe making a concept album or like a full body of work? If you're starting off, definitely go with the singles. Right. If you're starting off. But after a while, consider doing an album. But I would say, first things first, see where... Where the market's at, look for the people that are actually listening to to metal. Look at look up bands, look up big bands, see what they're doing. But bands that are in between the 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 small the smaller ones and the big ones, look for the in betweeners, the ones that are in between. See what they're doing. But also, I would consider taking a look at websites that are looking for music like that, like uh, Submit Hub mm-hmm. and perhaps Label Radar. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of I've never heard of, heard of Label it's, Radar. It's a website that a lot of even like YouTube channels, uh, Spotify uh, curators, and other companies that are looking for music every now and then. And you can basically submit there. Uh, I don't remember the cost, but it's, it's a very, very small fee. I mean, sometimes you can just sign and submit for free. But... So labels for, kind of put out like an ad, like we're looking for such and such type music. You'd be surprised. Decide. You'd be surprised. That there are YouTube channels that have hundreds, if not millions of subscribers and people that are submitting their music through these channels. That's how I was able to get through um, uh, one of these channels called uh, Diversity. And uh, You submitted your music to them? Yeah. yeah. And, what did, and they, what did they do for you? Like who did they forward it to? Like what, did, what connections do they have? It was just the channel. Oh, okay. Their channel, okay. yeah, yeah. 
through YouTube itself. And then so what? Like they put your music on like an outro or something? Right. The idea is that once they, if they like what you do, what you want to do is make sure you want to you provide links that you want people to actually view, such as a place to buy, such as a place to stream, place to follow you. Right. Like that. Um, and so, so this channel I, posts your stuff. Yes. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with uh, I don't know. You ever heard of New Retrowave? No. That's another YouTube channel that no. you should definitely look at. It's 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 one of the first channels that gave me my break. So do you think uh, that there's are are there <laughs> other channels like this for other subgenres? Like what? Like New Retrowave. It sounds like it's pretty there, retrowave. There, you know what I mean? There are other channels um, that do this for other genres. Is trying, what my question was. Well, other genres like what metal? Yeah, or rap rock, or, or not or, or quite. Whatever. I mean, there's some that are just very strict. For those particular genres, yeah, it has to be electronic based. It doesn't have to be just synth wave, but yeah, I mean, as as far as metal, I would say you would have. I would say, dude, Google probably is your best friend. No, no, no I'm saying like, that. I I think that's a really cool thing that 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 uh that culture is doing because like I think that's very culture based. Like the people who listen to that kind of music want to expand. Like the the music that people listen to, you feel me? Like, yeah. um, there's a community behind it that's like uh, willing to put time and effort into making a channel like that to promote smaller indie or uh, uh, artists of that genre. Which is like, I feel like, like you said it yourself, like there's not really other channels of other subgenres doing that. So I think that's that's a cool thing to have in your community because in the metal community, I don't I don't feel like it's like that. I don't feel like other people try to help other people too much like it's a it's when when it does happen it's like rare you know what i mean yeah i used to be in a in a hardcore band and back in what oh nine oh 2010 when attack attack and <laughs> abandon all ships was a thing <laughs> oh my god and yeah because yeah, i was a fan of those guys when you had a phrase as your band name that's how you knew <laughs> yeah it was legit yeah 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 but it was it was it was cool but the thing is that a lot of people i feel like were very self-centered and everybody's in it for themselves i mean uh, even though there's some people that want to work with you it's just like you you can't really i wasn't really too involved with marketing or even knowing pl- uh, platforms that could help promote the uh, the music that we had going on during that time frame. So, meadow, I, I guess you could say it's it's a it's a genre that it's it's a mystery for me because I really I don't really know a whole lot about it. All I know is that people just have have um, issues with other people or whatever case. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know yeah, if that drama. Has, yeah, if maybe it has something to do with that <clears throat> the attitude of the music. You know, it's heavier and shit and makes people angsty or something. I don't know. But uh, I think it'd be a dope, dope thing to do for the metal community in general for someone to start a channel like that, uh, like New Retro Wave, but I don't know, New Metal Wave, some shit, I don't know, <laughs> like something different. Uh, I think that'd be sick. Um, I think another thing that helps um, smaller artists and other genres is the fact that, like you said, you can collab, you can feature somebody, you can have a Post Malone feature uh, Sway Lee, who is not as big as Post Malone, but has his own following, but then he's showing off to a new audience because of a single, uh, uh, yeah. or like Drake and, and and Future can do an album together and That's shit. Right. Yeah. So it's like uh, same thing, Kanye and Jay Z. So it's like you can't have Metallica featuring Slayer or whatever the fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you can't have Metallica featuring up and coming band that they fuck with. You, all the the most they could do is take you on tour with them, and it's like. 
people are going to show up late on purpose. Ah, yeah, I don't care about the openers, you know. There's going to be people who see you. You're, there's going to be fans that you gain. Don't don't get me to it. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Course, don't get me. Of course. But most of the time, people see Metallica with special guests such and such and such and such. At best, they'll show up during the second opener if they really don't care, you know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so it's just like I think that's uh, something that's ho- not necessarily, you know, holding the genre back or anything, but it's like – it's it's an advantage that other genres have over metal in the sense of like promoting up and comers. You know what I mean? You can have someone like uh, uh, Tyler the Creator start something like Our Future, and they come up as a group, and then they all split off and and do their own thing. And it's like, yeah, and they were all featuring on each other's songs and uh, producing each other's stuff and help bigging all each other up to and bigging the the brand up and stuff. And then once they split off. They still have their own individuality. Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Ocean, Tyler Creator. You have a uh, uh, Domo Genesis, and just like same thing with Wu Tang Clan. You know, you got RZA, Jizza, Method Man, uh, and they all bigged each other up. And it's like you're in a metal band. It's like people know the band, they know th- the brand. They don't really know too many individuals unless you have your super fans who know, you know, all the members and shit like that. Um, so I don't know. I think that's that's something that uh, is never really going to change either. Like just you know something with the music, uh, you can't. I mean, I've seen like a. I think there's like a good Charlotte song that features like Sinister Gates or something from Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah, stuff like that. Like very rare things, but it's like you know, on a rap album you just have features and features and features, and it's like you bring in so many different fan bases, um, just by featuring somebody. You know, um, which I don't know. I think it's dope. I think it's is really cool. Uh, and I think it's a really cool way to get your name out there. Is there anyone on your bucket list that you want to collab with one day? Well, uh, a few. I would say. Give him a shout out. I would say Brendan Yuri. Okay, okay. <laughs> uh, but but realistically speaking, um, I would say uh, you know bands like The Midnight. I don't know if you ever heard of them. Nah. Well, they they're an up and coming band that started back in 2014, and they grew beyond expectations and they just they had they had they just had the sound that just just started growing time after time year after year and they just they're they're touring now Mm -hmm. they've been touring for a couple of years and uh who else fm84 which is just literally one guy who records all the music this is the guy i was saying that got lucky was fortunate enough based off of reddit that blew up his music and of course you know channels like new retro wave was a big support as well and some other channels that were supporting them as well so, um, have you ever heard of a Bon Iver? You fuck with Bon Iver? Bon Iver? Yeah. Bon Iver? No, no. Man, no. he's dope. He does some uh, some real weird shit. I don't know. It's, it's, it's mad different. But uh, if anything, it's something we could check out like after the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're, we've been talking for about an hour. We've been blabbing and stuff. So, let the people know where they can find you, any upcoming shows or anything upcoming that you have. And, and go ahead and let's wrap this bitch up. All right, all right. Well, first off, thank you very much for having me at your uh, podcast no man. problem man thank you for coming out brother appreciate it man well uh, as far as uh, where you can look up my music uh, I would say Bandcamp uh, dreamshore.bandcamp.com or if you want to stream it Spotify is fine or whichever platform that you use also if you wish to follow me and look up my um, updates and such look me up at uh, instagram.com slash I am dreamshore fuck yeah make sure you give that a follow boost them numbers up on spotify check them out as far as us you know where to find us on instagram the throne podcast with underscores uh, if you want to follow me for some reason you know jc Revis underscore uh, that's on instagram on facebook 
We're on that Facebook.com slash the throne podcast. And make sure you check out you know you the band.com. And a big shout out to XL Drumsticks for sponsoring me and giving me my own signature stick. I fuck with y'all. Y'all make some good fucking sticks. I've been I've been putting them through the ringer and they've been holding up. So if you want a pair, come out to another show that we do. We'll be announcing that here and on our website, you know the band on cops. So make sure y'all check that out. Dream Shore, Johnny, thank you for coming out, bro. I appreciate that shit. Thanks, man. We're out. Thank you.